Hi. Hello. And welcome. We're your hosts. I'm Alex. And I'm Kat. You found the two PFFs you didn't know you needed, but you're glad you have. Congratulations. You have found your people. Enjoy the ride as we navigate what it's like to live live out loud. Hi. What's up? How's it going? It is good. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm rocking and rolling, bracing the hurricane. So just dealing with all the yes. rain at this point, which is exciting. Um, and it's our last Fridays with Friends Enneagram series episode. I'm like, it is a little sad. sweet and sad and all yeah. things. Um, but without further ado, we are on our final type, type two, yes. um, with one of my favorite people on this planet, um, Miss Sarah, she is a good friend from back home in Oklahoma, uh, and one of the few people I knew back there that I really talked a lot of Enneagram about. Um, her and her husband share the same type as me and Brayden, who was on our Type Eight episode. Um, her husband's also an Eight, so it was really fun when we were getting married um, and that process of engagement, talking to a couple who was married and also the same types as us. So she's really unique. Ex- uh, what is it? Perspective. And I'm really excited to introduce Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, well, we'll just jump right <laughs> into it. I know, Kat, I put you on the spot every week. Um, can you give us a quick rundown of the type two? Even though we're type Luckily, two. I am one. So no yeah, that will be easy, easy for you. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the type two known as the helper. Um it's often mistyped, especially in women, um, especially in Christian women. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think that they are type twos um, when, in fact, they're not. Um, and the reason that is, is because uh, the type two is often seen as, like I said, the helper who is constantly doing things for other people. Well, if you run in Christian circles very much, you know that women kind of take on that role in lots of different areas, both in their homes and their families and their churches. And so they can often be mistyped. But we take it back like we do with every Enneagram type and that it's not the action, it is the motivation. Mm-hmm. And so for the type two, their motivator is they have a core desire to be loved and wanted and accepted. And so everything, I say they, everything we yeah. do <laughs> um, is driven by this um, desire um, to be accepted and wanted and loved. Um, that is the core of everything that we do. Um, and so, in a nutshell, that is the type two. It just feels like we're describing myself, which is exactly what we're right. doing. I know. It's kind of... I'm talking to myself. Too close, right? <laughs> too close sometimes. Too close. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Sarah, as a type two, what makes you feel too much not enough? Or not? Um, too much not enough. I think... I feel that a lot in anxieties, right? So when I'm in a new location or honestly just when people are around, I'm so focused on what everyone else needs that I kind of absorb that. And you, when we were talking earlier, you mentioned like empaths. I think part of that's just being a type two. It's it's such an others-focused type that it does make me feel too much inside. Like probably no one else really knows what's up with me. 
Um, but I'm feeling it brewing all inside of me, you know, and that uh, definitely is hard. I, I think not enough sometimes is my desire to help everyone. And then people are like, you've got to take care of yourself. You've got to take care of yourself. I have no idea how to do that. No reference of how to do that. It's, it's never a thought at all. Um, the best I can come up with is baths. Like that's literally like a basic human need. And that's the best I got. <laughs> so that's hard because people are kind of making the assumption that we just are denying ourselves all the time or, you know, we can quickly say what we need. I just don't. That doesn't click for me. It doesn't. It takes a lot of time and a lot of inner work to figure that out. Mm-hmm. So on point. <laughs> and I think you worded it perfectly. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to take care of myself. And mm-hmm. that is a second nature trait for most all the other types. Yes. And like the type yeah. two, it's like I my core belief is helping other people. And that other people does not include myself. Yes. Um, right. Which is just really affirming to hear from my perspective. It's like, you know, when you have to do those stupid, I hate them, the the icebreakers at work, you know, and the social awkward situations. Yeah. And it's like, what are your hobbies? And I'm like, what's a hobby? Yes. I don't, I don't know. Pick a random one off the list. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's such a good point. I never even thought about like hobbies being, I'm like, I don't, I don't have a hobby. And I just always thought, cause I got my degree in photography Mm -hmm. and that's a hobby. No, I don't have one either. I've tried to come up with them. I like to read books. Yes. Like I like to read. Yes. I I like to read, but it's like, usually I'm reading something to learn something. I very rarely let myself read fiction and I'm too busy to read. So it's like that doesn't really count as a hobby because if you don't ever get to do it or if you're just learning something when you do it, does it count? I don't think it does. I, no. I don't know. I don't think we do hobbies. <laughs> I just don't think we do. Like mine will be like cooking for others. Wait, that's not. Um, you know, I'll be reading parenting books. That's not no, a hobby. That's not, yeah. <laughs> uh, making people smile. Oh. Nope, not a hobby. Oh. Like it's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, In the same vein of hobbies, like as a type two, what makes you feel like the most misunderstood? Ah, that one, I just don't. I I think I'm still learning that about myself because I, I will say like when people talk about type twos, they talk about manipulation, that type twos are manipulative We're giving advice to help all the time, you know, and I never saw that in myself. I I think I have, you know, some of that pride that they talk about type twos, but I'm like, I just, I think I'm the one that's not manipulative. Like, I think I'm the one that doesn't do that, you know? And so I will say more recently, probably in the last, well, probably since marrying Joe, Mr. Eight, he kind of is good at reading me. Um, I've kind of started noticing where I do give other people what I think they want to hear sometimes to avoid really 
dealing with my needs. And I definitely, this is something I definitely see, is that I will be real involved in other people's stuff when I'm trying to avoid my own stuff. Now, if you would have said I did that five years ago, I'd be like, no, I do not. I just naturally am checking on my friends. I just care. (laughs) But for me to mm-hmm. remove myself out of the circle of checking on everyone all day means I have to admit that uh, I'm stressed out. There's a lot going on. And it means I have to take care of myself first. And I will do anything I can to avoid that. So I've really had to learn that about myself. And I don't, I hate admitting that. I hate saying it out loud because I'm like, well, that is so gross, <laughs> but it's true. I just will. I, I, I think I had a lot of, um, fondness for my type until I started realizing those escape mentalities that come out in helping others and using that in that way. So there's there's an answer. It's not a pretty one. <laughs> but it's a good I mean, it's the reality. And it's something I think Kat might agree with me. I avoid it too. Because pride is like the worst character trait I could possibly think of as far as describing myself or – and I'm like, I'm with you, Sarah. Like, I'm like, I'm not prideful. Like, I'm not manipulative. And it. I don't know that it's in the ways that – society sees those things like mm-hmm. we're not doing the things that we do with the intention of being manipulative but when we're in those areas of stress and we're not at our healthiest yeah. we're pushing as much it's like we're talking to ourselves when we should be talking to those people and giving them the advice mm-hmm. that they need we're just kind of telling them but we're telling ourselves if that makes sense yeah well it goes back to the motivator right so you know we're not we're not the the people that we see like on in the movies right that are like actively seeking to manipulate right and and wanting to control a situation for this big end result but we are hoping for this end result and we're hoping that that end result is love me accept me want me Right. And the more that we push out into the world of helping someone and giving them advice, the more valuable we can make ourselves in our minds, the more valuable that we can make ourselves to the other person, then the more we think reciprocity, they will want me, they will love me, they will value me. Right. And so we're not thinking, let's manipulate people. But we... Do. Yeah. And I really, you know, and I mean, that's not pretty. No. I didn't think I was a two because of that. I had to realize that I also just don't want to be abandoned. And so when it comes down to the deep, deep part of it is that I feel like if I can help everyone so that they need me, then on that horrible, terrible, tragic day that I need someone there will be someone there. And that really became evident in some struggles that I had with panic attacks and anxiety. And I'm like, where is this coming from? But ultimately it was that fear of like, I don't have what it takes to be alone here in this need. I'm afraid there won't be anyone left to take care of me. 
I honestly don't think taking care of others really fills that ever, you know, at, I don't know that it ever settles it for us. Yeah. It's definitely like the mask of the personality that we put on um, because I can, right. I don't, I don't think that ever solves it. You know what I mean? But in our personality, that's what we're working out and trying to solve for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. It's when we, when we grow in that health, when we're like, okay, I am mm-hmm. enough. Right. When we can get ourselves to realize that who we are in and of ourselves is valuable and enough. And what we bring to the table in every relationship is valuable and important. It's like the more that we put that out into the world, the more that the need for the the community and the, you know, the want and the love really is met. Because I know that I know that I y'all probably have too for years tried everything mm-hmm. else. Right. Mm -hmm. Trying to fit in, trying to do all the things, trying to help, you know, the person study, trying to um, take flowers for everybody that had a baby, trying to do, all, you know, like just random everything. Right. And it's like you're wearing yourself out, but you're not getting anywhere. Those relationships aren't really taking the shape that we want them to take. And it wasn't until that I really began to heal myself and realize that I was enough. And that if people loved me and they wanted me in their lives, they they would see that and accept that. And it's not until then we actually end up getting what we want. It's, it's a crazy parallel to me, um, the type two. Um, but while we're in that vein, you know, Sarah, what makes you feel uh, the most loved and seen? Oh, I think when I'm allowed to be human and when people do like seek me out, right? People are like, hey, you're quiet. What's going on? And honestly, when they don't want anything, you know, they just want to be with you. And so I would say that's the biggest thing for me that I've had to learn how to receive that because that's another issue is learning to receive that and believe it. Um, But just that people want you, they don't need you. And what does that look like? And how is that different? Um, I would say that is huge. That's a big journey to health, right? Like when you can start receiving that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm like, preach. I'm up here shaking my head. (laughs) And it's a hard battle, especially as like women who have been in the church where like a lot of times like our two-ness is seen and taken advantage of and we're needed and not wanted it's like, I love serving in the church, but at the same time, like, I don't feel wanted. I just feel needed. And if I just were to poof and disappear, it wouldn't matter. It's it's a hard, hard thing. To yes. Yeah. I think so much trauma comes from that that we don't give enough attention mm-hmm. to. Definitely. Definitely. I think for me, too, it was like the realization of part of that was me not being open and available too, to be authentic enough to say, Hey, I have needs here or have a hard conversation. That's like, there's not a mutuality in this friendship. What's going on? You know, I can't continue to pour out and I can't continue to give, but I really wasn't being open to having that either. If I would really be honest. And sometimes I was just more, wanting to keep up the Sarah's so wonderful. Isn't she so great? She's so amazing. She always knows what we need, you know, and get the accolades. And isn't that like the biggest, like the biggest, I guess, struggle for, for a two 
is that we we think that if we do and do and do and do and do, right, we'll receive what we're looking for. But it's like my husband talks about all the time about like community, especially yes. like within the church, is that like people can visit your church and, and all these things can be great and wonderful, right? The worship can be great. The sermon can be great. The children's programs can be great. But if those people don't make connections with other people within a certain time frame, they're gone. It doesn't matter how great everything else was. And the thing with the two is that we're doing, and do and do and do and do but we don't show enough of ourselves mm. to actually make connection right. so when people we don't give people the chance to know us yeah. we're not even giving them the chance to reject us because they're only rejecting what we do yes. right they're not rejecting us right because we're not truly connecting with them and so I think it's when we take down that mask like you said and really connect with people that's when we actually start getting our needs yeah met, right? yeah we got a lot of self-discovery to do. It's deep. Man. It's deep. <laughs> deep, deep. It is. So here's a question that we ask. Well, we ask all these questions of our, our friends, but um, this is one of our favorites. Um, and it's, it's, it seems like a silly question, but we always caution our friends, don't overthink it, right? <laughs> the very first thing that pops in your head, like, let that be your answer because it ends up being like the perfect uh, type answer. Okay. So there is a plate in the middle of the floor. Okay. Why are you picking it up? Um, there's a plate in the middle of the floor. You've got to grab that thing. What if somebody trips over it? <laughs> That's the best I've got. Is that weird? Yes. <laughs> no. No. It's, it's about how I would answer it. My first inclination as a two, if there's a plate on the floor, I'm like, we have to pick that up. Somebody's about to get hurt. Yes. Like, my immediate, I don't know about you, Sarah, but like I picture a glass plate. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Yes. Katie didn't tell me that it was a paper or glass plate. I don't know. Kat, did you think of like a glass plate too, Sarah, you? I did. Yeah. I mean, I think it's I guess it's a regular dinner plate in my head. Like it's a regular like plate you would eat dinner off of in my head. Yeah. yeah, like a dinner like plate. kind of glass plate, but like, a, you know, it's breakable. Right. It's a breakable plate. It's a breakable plate, plate you know? that could hurt someone. <laughs> it could. Yeah. You know, I, I have all these questions. Like, I, I do, I, I've identified with our other friends who have said, why is there a plate in the floor? Right? Like, I identified with our one friend who was like, that's not supposed to be there. Right? And, of course, you know, I, I you know, we have a wing one. We have a one as a wing and a three as a wing, right? So um, I'm with you guys. It's like somebody could somebody could hurt themselves in that plate, but like also, why would you put a plate in the middle of the floor? Like who did that? Who put the plate there? And if you did, come pick it yeah. up. You know the like, why? And I think that's the mom. Yeah, mom and me is yes. like, pick up your plate. What's going on? <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> True. Oh, I love it. It's that's my, been my favorite question of this whole series, and I feel like across any Fridays with friends, I feel like we just need to ask it because it's been so much fun to hear. Yeah. Um, Sarah, do you have any like anything else on the type two that you feel like you just got to get out there for us and our listeners to hear? You know, I love the Enneagram. Like, we could sit and talk about it forever. And I feel like it has been just really eye-opening for me as a type two 
who thought that everyone was conscientious and people just know the right thing to do. You know, I, our eights in our lives, they love to like kind of push us, right? And there are just times when it is so annoying to me of like, why are people pushing? Why are they asking me? Like when someone will say, hey, are you free Friday night? I'm like, I don't know. What do you want? You know, uh, people are not quick to say like, oh, we were going to invite you over for dinner. Would you like to come? You know, and I'm just like the terror that comes over me. And Joe will always say, you expect people to do what you would do, you know, which is give all the information, make everyone feel comfortable. Um, also put in the caveat, no pressure, you know. Um, and that has been a big revelation. When they're called the pressure. Yes, yes. Like that's really been good for me to know. People don't think like that. And they don't just do the right thing. Like, in my view, the right thing. Right. Um, eh, what do you guys do? You do that? Yes. <laughs> 100%. Yes. But, you know, it's good on the two end also because if we're healthy and we're operating in a healthy way, we're confident enough to say – well, I'm not really sure what my plans are Friday night. What did you have in mind? Yes. Right? Yeah. When we typically don't want to say that, right? Alert, danger, danger. Da we don't, you know, I don't know. What's my name? I don't know what's Friday yeah. night. I have no idea. You know, because I really don't want to go make small talk at this, you know, cocktail event where I don't know anybody, right? Like, I don't want to do that. I don't know. I don't want to come to your Bible study. I'm sorry, love you. Don't, I don't want to come, you know, but I need to know before I answer. Yeah. I don't know my answer until you give me more information. And we don't typically want to stand up for ourselves, right? We don't even like to like ask the waiter at the restaurant for like a napkin, yeah. right? So like, it's yeah. it's okay. I'll go get my own napkin. I know I'm paying you. It, it's fine. I, it's fine, right? But I think that the more that we grow and become more confident, we really can step out of our comfort zone a little bit. And that's a part of meeting our own needs. And that's hard for us. But what's going to meet our need, right? Like asking clarifying questions before we give the right yes or the right no, right? Yeah. Or showing up to events that we're too tired to be at. It's going to drain us even further and make us not nice people. Yes. I had to give myself a 24-hour rule. Well, actually, my counselor did. She was like, don't, don't say yes for 24 okay. hours. <laughs> and I had to practice. Because I would say yes, and I would get myself into, like, long weekends at people's houses. And I'm like, what am I doing when I had a lot of other things to do, you know? So 24-hour rule really helped me learn how to kind of get that wording going so that it was more of an instinct than just automatically saying yes, and I'll bring all the meals. You know, I would just – way overdo it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. I love a good 24-hour rule. I've never thought about that, but because like we talk about it all the time, I feel like on the podcast, but like the yeses are hard, mm -hmm. especially when you want to help so bad all the time, but like just giving yourself 24 hours to like marinate because often like so many times, too many times. I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. And then not even two hours later, I'm like, why yes. did I do that to myself? Mm -hmm. Right. We, we've talked about that so many times on the podcast. You know, like, are we saying yes 
the right mm-hmm. yes, right? And the right no. Because if we're saying yes to a bunch of requests, then we can't have enough energy to say yes to the things and people that truly matter to yeah. us. Um, and that's so huge. But I think it's it's a, it's a script flip for especially twos to be like, you know, it's not that I don't want to say yes to you. Right. Right. It's just that I know that if I say yes to you, then when the people that really need me and have earned this certain place in my life call me and need something, I won't have the time or energy to do it because I've said yes to you. And it's not that I don't love you. I don't care about you, but you have people. And if you don't, you need to find them that can be that for you. But I'm not. And that's hard for us. But it's either live a life of being run ragged and, and, and not living to the fullest and taking care of ourselves or learning to have those hard conversations. So I love the 24 hour rule and I think I'm about to adopt it in my life. Thank you, therapy. <laughs> yes. I'm here for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I feel like I could go on and on and on forever to talk about Enneagram. Oh, yeah, us too. We could totally nerd out on it and we do every yeah. single Friday. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the message that we want to leave with the Enneagram twos is that you are wanted and you are loved and you are so needed in your life and circle and situation. But please remember that you are not too much. Not too much. You're not too little. Not too little. You are just enough. Just enough. <laughs>